egotistical, so unpredictable, here on SNL Stats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of SNL Stats. Uh, I am Sammy K. I am not John. I am here to host another rendition of our Superfan Takeover. Uh, this is Superfan Takeover 3, so today we have a very special topic for you guys. Really quickly, I do want to make sure you guys get a chance to watch or listen to last week's uh, roundtable uh, where they talked about the Nick Jonas episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to watch that yet, uh, please do so. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, secondly, uh, we have a new social media manager, Nicole, on the team. And she is super excited uh, about sharing lots of new content with you all on Instagram and Twitter. So if you're not following us there already, now's a great time to start. Um, so that is at SNL Stats. Uh, you know, tell your friends, steal their phones, make them follow uh, the SNL Stats account. Let's uh, build up this thing um, to as big as it can be. Um, and finally, please make sure that you are subscribed to us so you never miss an episode uh, on YouTube or wherever podcasts are sold, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, you know, wherever. And please uh, give us a review. Five stars would be nice. Uh, the reviews really help us out with the show, uh, with, you know, the feedback we uh, get from you guys to make the show even better. Uh, but most importantly, they get us up in the uh, iTunes and Spotify uh, rankings. Uh, that's very helpful for us. Now, I mentioned uh, previously uh, how that we had a very fun topic for uh, the show this week. Uh, all last week, I was trying to figure out what am I going to talk about with the super fans. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations together, um, and it finally hit me. Um, I wanted to talk about probably the the biggest reason why I became an SNL fan. Uh, and I know for some people on the panel, uh, this group uh, was also a big contributor to their love of SNL. We're doing a whole episode on the Lonely Islands SNL digital shorts. Uh, so you know, there's over a hundred of those. So as you can imagine. Uh, there's a lot to discuss. We can probably do a whole podcast series, as Haskell was telling me before the show, just on SNL Digital Shorts. But we're going to uh, try to keep it uh, moving and not keep you here all day. Uh, first and foremost, I do want to introduce uh, Andrew, Andrew Haskell to the, the panel. Uh, Haskell, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Excited to do another one of these uh, these super fan takeovers. Feels like we haven't the four of us haven't been together uh, in a while, so it's, it's nice to get back and doing this. Yeah, it's definitely great to get the, the band back together. Um, and do you want to briefly talk about kind of your history with the, the digital shorts, uh, you know, in the show? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the, the digital shorts really kind of started to hit their heyday when I was in middle school. And it was really the first time I got to share uh, SNL sketches with, you know, my friends and stuff like that. I the first attention I ever got was uh, first singing Dick in a Box. And uh, I thought I couldn't get in trouble if I bleeped it, but apparently I could. So uh, it just brings me right back to my middle school days. I, you know, those first years of really watching SNL. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and next on the panel, uh, we have Bill Kenny. First off, Bill, how are you doing? And second of all, uh, please tell me how you watched all 100 digital shorts uh, only a day after I told you we were going to talk about this on the podcast uh, today. I I had an obsession once you told us what it was going to be, and I, I had to be a crazy person and sit down and watch about five and a half hours worth of digital shorts back to back. So, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I was very impressed when uh, you texted us uh, that you had done that. Uh, and it, it, I don't think if you had done that, it, it would have... 
with, without that pressure as the host, I, I, I don't know if you, it, it would have pushed me to somehow binge them all yesterday. Uh, I was really down to the wire. I had a bunch of coffee, uh, but I, I'm happy that I did it. So thank you for that. Uh, and finally, I do want to introduce the panel, uh, Andrew Haynes. Uh, Haynes, how are you doing today? And again, tell us about your uh, kind of history with uh, the digital shorts as well. I'm doing very well this morning. I'm, uh, I'm, I've definitely been through a lot of uh, digital shorts uh, in the last day and a half, uh, all last evening and, and then this morning, uh, trying to finish up. Um, and, you know, I, I'm on the record. I've said this before, and this is not to hate on digital shorts, but I'm not watching because it's called Saturday Night Pre-Tape. I'm addicted to live performance, uh, music, stand-up. Uh, I love um, theater. I'm all about uh, the stage and the interactions uh, that people have under those big lights and the way things can go wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, the great thing about digital shorts is you mitigate um, all those things that can go wrong and you get to craft this really, um, you know, beautiful kind of perfect piece of art um, and get and get kind of shoot for the laughs that you're looking for. Uh, you get to do plenty of takes um, and, uh, you know, and the director is going to, uh, you know, work through this several times. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about digital shorts and there's a lot of them. Um, so we should have plenty to talk about. Uh, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, uh, there is a lot to talk about on uh, the episode today. So, uh, I tasked these guys to kind of, you know, break down their favorite shorts, uh, over a number of different categories. Um, you know, hopefully we get to all of them. That's the goal. But the categories, just to give you guys a little preview, um, we have best musical digital short, best non-musical digital short, most underrated digital short, best Andy Samberg performance, best Yorma slash Akiva performance, best SNL cast member performance, and best host slash cameo performance. So you guys at home, you know, start thinking about what you think we're going to say. Start thinking about what you would say. You know, definitely uh, tweet at us. Leave us a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, what you think about all this. But first, let's start with uh, probably the meatiest category, I would say. Uh, no no pun intended based on what uh, we're about to talk about. Um, best musical digital short. Um, so, you know, there, obviously, uh, The Lonely Island is very famous. The, the thing that really... Uh, built them up into the, the brand that they, they became uh, where a lot of their uh, incredible musical sketches, um, you know, we could probably do a whole show on all of those, but Haskell, I'm going to bring you in first. You get first pick here uh, to talk about your, uh, what you consider the best musical digital short. Uh, so yeah, you bring in a bunch of super fans cause you want some deep cuts, right? Let's, let's, let's go really deep into this thing. Um, good thing you came to me first though, because uh, after watching as many digital shorts as I could, I, I apologize for going uh, so easy on this one, but my favorite sketch of all time is Dick in a Box. And I, that just set the tone for like everything that Lonely Island is, this like almost 90s R&B like themed thing, this uh they like the the hard cut on the let's jump into dick in a box like uh to me there there isn't a at least a pre-tape there isn't a pre-tape sketch in snl history that's better than that and uh, obviously what dick in a box did for um 
SNL, what Dick in a Box did for YouTube, what Dick in a Box did for Lonely Island uh, has really been talked about a ton over the years. But uh, I can't go much further than that. I can't go much further down the list of these songs before I just get stuck at Dick in a Box and go that what watching that the first time was as much fun as I've ever had watching SNL. Yeah. You know, if I were to make a bet on which was going to be the first one to go, you know, Dick in the box was definitely there. Uh, Bill or Haynes, do either of you want to talk about uh, Dick in the box? Was that something that was on your list that you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, I, I have that coming up later in a different category. I, I tried to do, as and Andrew said, uh, you know, kind of avoid the Mount Rushmore of the uh, digital shorts, but um, it's hard to it's hard to avoid it with that one. And I had it on on my last three of musical until until the very end because it's just so unbelievable. Everything about it, everything Andrew just said, and you can even hear it as you're watching uh, the video on YouTube now. Just the gasp from the audience as the first time we see the box, like, you know, everything about it was so perfect and so well put together. Justin was such a great host and he was such a great digital short guy. Yeah, I'm happy you mentioned the prop because that is something that um, still you probably see at Halloween parties if we ever get to have Halloween parties after COVID. But that's something you see. And uh, it really is a, a testament to the props department at SNL to be able to make something so iconic. Uh, like that. Uh, Haynes, any thoughts on Dick in the Box before we, we move on? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely an all-time great. You know, it, it's we did start with a, a pretty tough category. I mean, best musical digital short is kind of asking what is the best digital short, you know? <laughs> um, so that's that's our that's our really great one. Um, I love the I love the everything that Haskell said about, you know, the hard cut to saying dick in a box, uh, which I don't think anyone saw coming. I remember uh, everyone talking about this uh, at school um, afterwards. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and it gave us that wave of, there's like three, you know, with Timberlake and the 90s vibe. Um, there's the mother lover and three way. Um, which all three of those are really great. And as a child of the nineties, um, you know, I, I remember, I remember those styles and uh, uh, you know, the, the types of clothes people were wearing uh, when we, when they were singing those types of songs. And um, so it's nostalgic and hilarious and yeah, you know, the subject matter, not just in any episode, uh, but the Christmas episode. Um, so, you know, perfect for watching with your family. Um, uh, so, so yeah, that's a, it's a fantastic thing. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes we forget that, uh, yeah, that's a, a Christmas sketch. Um, and so that's one that you definitely see in uh, the SNL Christmas compilations, uh, you know, around the holidays. What a perfect sketch to watch uh, when you're with your family. Um, <laughs> but uh, next, I, I do want to go uh, to Bill and I want to hear what is your uh, best musical short. Well, I went back and forth, as I said, and uh, what I decided to do was go with what I thought was the best song. So not not just the best video, but the overall catchiness of the tune and the video itself and everything about it and i went with one of the last digital shorts uh the bin laden song <laughs> which i don't know how much i'm going to be able to share here as far as what's what goes on with that but um everything about that is perfect to me you've got uh you know vanessa 
playing against type, you know, for her seven or eight years on the show, she was always kind of the nice girl, except for in the ex porn stars catch. But here she is asking Andy to bang her like bin Laden. And, and it's, it, it's so great. And every line of the song, you know, like she's talking about uh, invade my cave. And he says he wasn't in a cave <laughs> you know? and it just goes on and on from there. She's, she's playing the military uh, person at the, at the uh, poster board showing how she wants them to terrorize that, you know? So, and, and all the way right until the end where it's Fred and Beck, you know, we, we've got this crossover into Good Neighbor and and the next generation of digital shorts uh, as Uncle Sam and Bin Laden dancing around. I mean, everything about this from start to finish was perfect to me. I love that choice, Bill. Um, Finest Girl, like you said, is just like an amazing song. You can play that at like a club or a bar or something. And like the real ones are the ones that will be singing along. Um, you know, I actually remember when that aired, I think Fred Armisen was hosting that week, you know, right around the time Popstar came out and, you know, Andy Sandberg, he's only hosted the show once, right? So he hasn't come, you know, he has come back to do a couple of digital shorts, but you know, it's not like he was hosting the show and we were kind of expecting one. So I remember when that aired being so pleasantly surprised, um, Haskell, let me bring you in here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on finest girl? Uh, every, uh, every song they did for pop star to me is awesome. <laughs> like that, that album that they kind of, I guess, I mean, they're real songs, but almost like a, like a fake album for, um, what is it? Connor for real. Is that his name in the movie? And, uh, so that, I mean, Bill, if you're going for the song, like the catchiest song or the best actual song that they put together, if, if that's not number one, it's definitely towards the top of the list. Uh, exactly. Um, Haynes, what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I actually um, was not that into this one, although it got some, uh, it got a little bit of billing from me for the catchiness of the tune. I really did have to, I did, really did have to consider how catchy the tune was. And I, um, I can, I consider that as a factor as well, Bill, when, when we get to my choice. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was funny uh, when she, you know, popped up with the uh, with the Bin Laden beard on, um, and and there were definitely, um, you know, it was funny when she was doing the chart um, and you know describing uh, or explaining how she needed her body terrorized uh, with the um, efficacy and um, you know tactical precision of the Bin Laden raid. Um, so obviously, a very demanding lover. Um, she was a pretty funny character. Um, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Not, uh, not in my top five or anything though. Sure. Sure. Well, we'll still keep you on the show. Uh, you know, even though that is, there's some, some pop star slander on here, but, uh, yeah, uh, hands, let's go to you. What's, uh, what, if that is not in your top five, what do you want to bring to the table? So, um, the one that I chose and I don't, you know, I, I don't really know if I'm saying I'm, if I'm comfortable saying that this is like the best um, digital short overall. But it was one that I remember made a big impact on me when I saw it. It was really funny. Um, and the it was it was also I thought top two was catchy. Um, I, so I actually had it tied with uh, the original Shirani, the first Shirani in the classroom for catchiness. Uh, that one really gets stuck in my head. Uh, but I did go with. Uh, Roz Trent, 
And uh, <laughs> so this, of course, is where uh, Sandberg plays, um, you know, maybe a college freshman or something who um, has become interested in uh, Rastafarianism. And he's singing about uh, he's really taken on the character. He's singing about living in his shanty dorm um, and uh, and how bald heads are bad. Um, and then and then we have that catchy hook um, with the background singers, you know, singing like, are you there, Ja? It's me, Ross Trent. Um, it's it's very catchy. Uh, it's very funny and painfully relatable. Uh, when I was 18 or 19, I was essentially Roz Andrew. Um, and <laughs> no joke. I also told my Bomba Clot parents that I was switching religions. So this this hits a little a little close to home uh, for me, and uh, and that's why I picked it. Um, I just thought it was really really funny for a lot of reasons. And wow, that, there, there's a there's a lot to dig in uh, there, especially that last part you're saying about your uh, sw switching religion. I'm but, not sure uh, I'm willing to go down that path. Right <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, I. Uh, that, that's a great choice. Uh, you know, when I was watching these with my girlfriend yesterday, I, I'm pretty sure she had never seen this one uh, before, and she she absolutely loved it. Um, so I'm I'm happy that you you uh, chose that one as your favorite. Uh, Bill, let me bring you in here. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Ross Trent? Well, Haynes, I think we need to see pictures first of all. Uh, <laughs> we we but, need uh, receipts. Yes. Never, uh, never happened. <laughs> I, I think that's a great choice. Uh, it wouldn't have been in my top five, but it, it, I think Andrew's gotten the deepest cut of all so far with uh, with uh, the musical cuts here. Uh, it's a great tune, and it is very catchy. Uh, and it's Sandberg at his finest, I think. Uh, that's he. There's so many good things about this video. So yeah, uh, yeah. Haskell, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, um, that one, actually, when I rewatched it last night, um, threw it on my list. I, I was pretty sure it was going to come up today. Um, it hits on a few things that make uh, Andy Samberg great in Lonely Island, which is this like completely unwarranted, like over-the-top confidence in whatever they're doing. There's a great part in that sketch where he's just singing his heart out. He's got everything. And then he, he walks by the group of black guys and he just absolutely starts whispering what he's singing and it's it's that that unwarranted confidence and then when it, it when it drops is is uh some of Aunt sandberg's best uh definitely that i'm glad you brought up that moment when he's walking past the group of guys because when i watched the video you know i had the incredible bad album that was like probably like one of the last physical cds i ever got uh it was around like the holidays um and i and i wasn't sure that that moment really took me off guard because I feel like that wasn't on the CD version, maybe, where he's like whispering. I, I could totally be ma making that up, but when I was rewatching that yesterday, uh, that one definitely killed me. Um, yeah, Ross Trent, I'm really glad uh, we were able to discuss it. A lot of the um, considered holy grail, top of the mountain picks are still left. Um, so I am glad you didn't take this one. Um, it, it, may not what it may not be what people are expecting. It's not Lazy Sunday. Um, it's not, I ran so far. It is, I'm on a boat. I'm so happy this one is back or this one is, is left. Um, this is just one where I, the song itself, so catchy. This is like one of my go-to karaoke songs. Um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, swear words that you, you either go for or, or you, you try to censor yourself, but yeah, the, the music itself was great. I mean, you know, I was really into hip hop as a kid and still am. So having T-Pain being a part of this 
adventure is great. The kind of setup where, you know, Andy is deciding who he wants to take on the trip itself uh, is really funny. And this was like the first sketch, and we'll probably get into this later when we're talking about Akiva and Yorm, where the, the audience is kind of introduced to Akiva, you know, knowing about like the meta aspects of SNL, even at a young age for me. Um, I, I was new, like, oh, yeah, Akiva's one of them, but like Yorma, you know, he was in Jizz in My Pants already and, and stuff like that. So him kind of getting the chance to just come out the gate with like this really intense verbata and just like, he he honestly steals that entire, entire video. So uh, I'm really glad I was able to talk about this one. Uh, Haynes, let me bring you in here. And uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on I'm All About? I love I'm on a boat. Uh, we may end up talking about it again later um, <laughs> when we go through some of these categories. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a fantastic one from top to bottom. And you're right about Akiva. Um, he just blows in real hard. And then I think his second verse, he pretty much just says like one or two words and then mother effer over and over again. Like pretty pretty much is the whole second verse. I'm doing this, mother effer, I'm doing yeah. that, mother effer. Um, so it's it's a it's fantastic for a lot of reasons. But yeah, Kiva smokes in that. Love it. Great pick. That's uh that's a really uh good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh we're probably not gonna be able to let me wrap that part during this episode, but we'll try to keep it as clean as possible without um, you know, not acknowledging some of the names, some of the, the dirtier names that we'll get into for some of these other sketches. Uh, Bill, I want to hear your thoughts on I'm on a boat. Oh, this, this was up there for me as well. Uh, and, and probably the second catchiest song to me after the Bin Laden song. I, it was um, su- such a great, and, and as you said, I don't know what else I can say. I mean, you Akiva just killed it. And, and seeing the three of these guys together, um, pretty much for the first time, right? Uh, on, on a digital short, um, really brought it all together. And uh, T-Pain did such a great job in it as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had it in my top five as well. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah, this was really the first time where the Lonely Island kind of makes their grand entrance uh, in, front of the, in front of the camera uh, together. I think Akiva had some cameos where Yorma had a bigger role. But this is definitely the first time where, um, you know, they, they made their entrance. Haskell, let me bring you in here. Uh, tell me about your thoughts on I'm on the boat. Yeah, at the time when this happened, this is like the sketch that I know like a ton of people I went to high school with. A lot of people or a lot of people in my, my uh, like age group knew what this was. But unlike Dick in a Box, unlike some of the other Lonely Island stuff, I don't think they right away knew that this was from SNL. Um, and this was really one of the one of the digital shorts that transcended that it was Lonely Island. It was not necessarily SNL. It was their reach and what they could do. Um, so a wonderful choice. It was uh, it may have broke my top five, uh, probably probably round four, I would say. Um, but wonderful, wonderful choice. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, cool. So those are the these are our best musical uh, digital shorts. You know, please. Uh, if you're mad that Lazy Sunday or I Just Had Sex is not on the list, tweet at us, you know, uh, put in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's move over to our next category, best non-musical digital short. Um, you know, I think we'll potentially get some more deeper cuts here um, as, uh, 
you know, the, the, the really the bread and butter of Lonely Island are these musical digital shorts. But I was really surprised yesterday when I uh, binge watched these. There are a lot of uh, really funny uh, bits they did over the years that didn't involve any music. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to uh, say about all that. Uh, Hans, I'll bring you in first. Um, for your best non-musical digital short, what do you got? So for my best non-musical digital short, and I really like this one a lot, um, it also features as a character, um, you know, an all-time great, you know, foundational writer uh, that uh, Haskell brought up uh, one time on our show, uh, Jim Downey, um, as as Andy's as Andy's uh, dad. Uh, this is an uh, so uh, dating Andy's dad. I think is the name of the sketch. It's absolutely incredible. Um, Basically, Jonah Hill uh, basic, uh, is just, you know, has to tell Andy Samberg, pulls him out of um, a wardrobe fitting to have a cup of coffee and explain to him that uh, he's now dating his dad. Um, they, they had had he had had dinner with the family and went back to get his scarf that he forgot. And Andy's dad had forgotten his gloves. They grab a beer. All of a sudden they're touching each other's hands and stuff. And uh, <laughs> and so and so he starts dating his dad. And obviously, Andy's very not cool with it. Um, you know, and, and, and Jonah is like referring to um, Mr. Sandberg as Ben. And he's saying, like, you mean my dad, your dad, my boyfriend, whatever. Um, and so, uh, so it's, a, it's a very funny um, it's a very funny discussion. And then at the end, uh, when Bill Hader comes in the twist and Bill Hader comes in and says, hey, how do you guys know Ben? Um, and he's like, yeah, that's my dad. He's like, oh, small world. We've been fucking. Um, so, <laughs> um, so that to me, top to bottom, absolutely incredible sketch. Um, yeah, fantastic. That's my favorite non-musical, and and everyone was amazing in it. And good to see Jim Downey. Uh, Haynes, this was uh, this was one that was on my list. So I'm a li little mad at you uh, at, at this moment in time. Jim Downey, what an SNL legend. Um, and for me, you know, always will remember him as the guy from Billy Madison um, at the end, where he's like, that was the uh, you know, you, you guys know the monologue. Um, what a, what a great pick. Uh, Bill, let me bring you in here. What are your thoughts on Andy's dad? I'm mad at Haynes too, but it, it wasn't my number one. I was, I had it in the backup just in case, but, uh, it was, it was definitely up there for me as well. <laughs> Jonah Hill just puts himself all the way into this, doesn't he? I mean, he is just incredibly funny in this, uh, and, <laughs> And Jim Downey just doesn't care. He's been on the show for 30 years at this point and just doesn't mind making out with Jonah Hill and, and doesn't even question it. So uh, I think uh, it's a great showcase for both of them and, and Andy's reactions. And, and as Haynes mentioned, you know, Hater coming in at the end. Uh, perfect, perfect non-musical. Yeah, Hater at the end there really like brings the sketch to a whole nother level, in my opinion. Uh, Haskell... I, I, I want to get your opinion on this, but also, you know, I'm not sure uh, for those of you at home, if you guys are familiar with Vulture, they did a, um, a breakdown of the, the best digital shorts where Seth Meyers uh, created a bracket, um, a, a 64 uh, short bracket. And for this one, I was kind of surprised how low uh, he had this one. He had Andy's dad as a nine seed, um, number nine seed, along with, the Golden Girls theme, Tizzle Wizzle, and V-necks. I don't know. Am I crazy? Is that is that like a ridiculous uh, offense here, Haskell? Yeah, it, 
it's too low. Um, Jim Downey, of course, uh, uncle of Rolling Stones all time worst ranked SNL cast member, Robert Downey Jr. Don't know whatever happened to that guy. Um, but uh, I, that was at the top of my list. But I knew if I showed up and I said dick in a box and then dating Andy's dad, you guys would have just kicked me off. Um, but the, the thing I love about that sketch is if you guys remember just a few weeks ago in, in, in you know, in this current season, we, there was a monologue where John Krasinski kissed Pete Davidson. And there was a little bit of blowback people saying, is the joke just two guys kissing in 2021? Is that still just the joke that two guys are kissing? This sketch transcends that. The joke of this sketch is not two guys kissing. It's not even the funny image of this older Jim Downey and uh, Jonah Hill kissing. The, the joke of this sketch is just how nobody is really acknowledging Andy Samberg's position in the sketch. Like nobody's really caring that it's his dad. I, even the part that Haynes talked about it where Bill Hader comes in and goes, Hey, how do you know? And he goes, that's my dad. And Bill Hader doesn't even acknowledge like that line. He jumps right into his line. Uh, I, I absolutely love that sketch for everything. It's it, what it is on the surface, but what it's actually able to do. A hundred percent. Great points there. I like that connection you made to kind of recent, uh, you know, SNL with the, the Krasinski thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jonah Hill's my guy. Super bad is like easily my favorite movie. So every time he comes uh, to host the show, I know there's always going to be, um, you know, just uh, an all time sketch. Um, and he has another digital short that I'm curious if we'll talk about later that I also think is very funny as well. Um, Bill, let me bring you in here uh, for your best non musical short. So I took a little bit of liberty here since it wasn't actually very musical. So forgive me if this is going off a little bit, but people getting punched in the face before eating. Uh, <laughs> it's not enough music to make it a musical. So that's kind of where I, I went with that. But this, this is so early on. Uh, and it's really the first time we see Andy by himself kind of carrying the whole thing. And the absurdity level that it just keeps building up to, you know, punching the Foo Fighters in the face, punching Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi quickly re recovering, uh, Forte fighting back, uh, <laughs> and then turning to murder. And then the absolute complete turn on a dime to zombies chasing Andy across these terrible 70s backdrops and having a zombie dance. I mean, everything about it was just so funny andy is perfect in it and the <laughs> just oh the 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 point about real people walking by this pizza place both times both the first time forte gets punched and then also for the murder you know it, it's kind it kind of harkens back to the old bill murray and charles rocket man on the street where they're talking to real people you could see these people walking by and forte getting punched and nobody <laughs> nobody reacts they just kind of look and keep walking and it's just you know just another day in new york city uh i i'm really glad you brought this one uh to the panel here because you know there when i was going through these you know i am of the mindset that i don't think there's a ton of like bad digital shorts i think there's you know, definitely you know some middle of the road ones and there are some where you 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 watch it and you're like, okay, they probably ran out of time that week and had to put something together, a la Daiquiri Girl, um, where they even acknowledge that in the sketch. But this is one where, you know, probably didn't put a ton of thought into it, but the the, the comedy speaks for itself, no matter how elaborate or not elaborate it is. Uh, 
Haskell, let me bring you in here um, and talk about this sketch. Yeah, first, I'm glad we got to a sketch that has Will Forte um, being used at least a little bit. Uh, going back and watching this, going back and looking at the list, I kind of forgot how important he was to the early days of these digital shorts. Um, but also going back and watching these, I, I kind of look at them in two ways. A lot of the musical numbers that we talked about are the Lonely Island, and they very much can exist as just the Lonely Island. And then there's these non-musical ones that are very much SNL. And I started to really find myself drawn to these smaller digital shorts, these ones that do feel like uh, they were filmed Friday afternoon or Friday night, or some of them even feel like Saturday morning. And I was really drawn to those. This is one of those, so I'm glad you chose it. And uh, I think a lot of sketches like that could pop up again uh, later in the show. I, I love how you distinguish that there about, you know, the Lonely Island versus like something that feels really like SNL, because definitely as, um, you know, Andy's time on the show went on, you know, the musical numbers got so elaborate and you know, the production value was amazing. But there is something about those, you know, first couple seasons where he was on the show where they kind of got a camera, you know, went somewhere and, you know, around 30 Rock and just kind of shot a video and you know it really felt like early youtube stuff really early viral you know video stuff uh haynes what, what are you, your thoughts on this one uh this is a very funny one um and it is very uh you know andy sandberg and how incredibly you know random it is like evolving into the zombie chase um and that sort of thing um I think, uh, yeah, Haskell made a good point that uh, Will Forte was in a, a lot of these um, early shorts. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I had made that connection until I, you know, was watching them chronologically. Um, and he's really in a lot of those. Um, it, also, I'll say the uh, the article that you brought up um, about the bracket that, that Seth Meyers was talking about, that article is by Jesse David Fox, uh, who we've had here on the um, podcast before he was on the uh, Chalamet Springsteen uh, roundtable, and he's um, just a great person to hear from. Uh, whether it's here on SNL Stats or, or, or over at Vulture, um, he had, you know if people haven't seen that um, roundtable, he had some really neat stories about um, interviewing cast members and Lauren himself. Um, but back to the uh, to the skit um, or to the sketch rather, um, yeah, it's a it's a yes, it's a very good pick. Uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely check out Jesse Davids Fox uh, work. He, he, it was awesome to have him on SNL stats. And, you know, he he has a lot of you know good stuff on Vulture. Um, OK, so, you know, yeah, this was an awesome pick. Uh, really glad uh, you brought this one up. Uh, and yeah, just really quickly to touch on Will Forte. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting as I was going through these, seeing, you know, as Andy's time on the show went on, who were the ones that he, from the cast, the new guys or the old guard that he would kind of pluck into the sketches. Now towards the end there, there was, you know, Taryn Killam was in a lot of digital shorts and you can kind of see how their comedy would vibe together. And then interestingly, you know, Keenan, who was on the show for so long, you know, he, he, he definitely has some very famous ones, obviously the Reba sketch, but you know, as someone who was on the show since 2003, you know, you would kind of expect him to be in more of them. Um, but anyways, Haskell, I want to hear, uh, your pick for non-musical digital short. Yeah, I went back and forth pretty much up until the point that you hit record. Um, and then the point where you realized we weren't recording and then we had to hit record again. Um, 
I went back and forth. Um, I originally was going to go with Will Forte's The Date. I scrapped it because going back and watching a sketch that I, I hadn't seen in a long time. I remember watching it when it happened. I watched it last night and I was crying laughing just from like one line. And then this morning I got the same reaction out of me. So I had to go back to it. Uh, it's Everyone's a Critic with Paul Rudd. And it's essentially this... Um, you know, Andy is going to it paints Paul Rudd and they have this great, uh, you know, pixeled out nudity. And then we go to Paul Rudd wants to paint Andy. Now Andy's just wearing a t-shirt. We get more pixel out nudity. And then kind of the big, big twist of the sketches when they go to sell the painting, it just horrifies everybody to, we get these gratuitous death scenes, uh, pretty much everything you can imagine and, uh, covered in blood, surrounded by chaos parod's only reaction is everyone's a critic and then of course we pull out for one last twist that that was a scene in a movie uh but then uh the extremely underrated casey wilson is uh is interviewing them uh they show the painting and she has a similar reaction just that one uh surrounded by chaos everyone's a critic it gets me every single time wow thank you uh for Bring up everyone's a critic because uh, that was going to be on my most underrated shorts uh, list because this is one where uh, I watched it. You know, I'm going through them all yesterday and this one comes up and I'm like, oh, my God, how did I forget about this? I'm like very certain I've seen it. I'm, I'm not 100 like percent sure. I had to send it to like a bunch of my friends yesterday who um, I love to talk SNL with. Uh, great choice. Uh, Haynes, let me bring you in here. Uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Everyone's a Critic. I love this one. Um, and, you know, it fits into uh, the kind of uh, murder genre that um, that they like to do. Uh, something else that, you know, I don't think I'd piece together till really watching all these in one big chunk. Uh, they really love blood spray. Like they use it in so many sketches. Uh, they really, really, Andy must really love the big blood spray. Um, and we got plenty of it in this one. Um, this was a great, a great sketch. And, and I also uh, love the way it ended. And, and Casey Wilson is underrated. I, I like Casey Wilson a lot. Um, and speaking of underrated, you know, Sammy said uh, this was going to be his underrated. Um, well, one of my possible underrated was the date. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about that later. That, I think, was my runner-up for underrated. I absolutely loved the date. Um, well, I guess we can talk for a second about it now. Uh, full of great lines. I also watched it twice, both uh, yesterday and today. Um, I <laughs> really liked the uh, surprise cameo. Uh, we found out it was Brian Austin Green uh, playing Optimus. Um, and, of course, um, uh, oh, I just, I just, I just, I just blended, I, I just blended, I just, I just blended the two, I just Megan blended Fox. the two Megan Fox, the two, I just blended the two Megan Fox. So Listen, we haven't gotten a lot of sleep. We've been watching a lot <laughs> of digital stories. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so I, so I did, uh, I did blend them together, but, um, but, but, uh, but the roommate uh, with Optimus Prime was amazing, but the date was uh, as well um, with Forte um, speaking in the, you know, in the, in the very tiny voice, um, uh, you know, and and then uh, blowing her off at the end when she actually, uh, I think, asks uh, um, him to marry her. Uh, so I had that as an underrated sketch as well. Um, and 
probably the roommate. I don't know. Is the roommate underrated? Maybe we'll get to talk about that one later. Roommate was very funny with Brian Austin Green as Optimus Prime, though. Or Optimus, I guess. Uh, yeah, that was one uh, yesterday where I watched it, seeing Bobby Moynihan uh, <laughs> with the Optimus Prime mask uh, was uh, was very funny. Uh, yeah, like I said, really glad you brought up Everyone's a Critic. Uh, Paul Rudd is maybe one of my favorite SNL hosts in the last couple years. I mean, he's one of my favorite celebrities in general. He's someone where in the 90s of his career went another way. You know, he could have been like an amazing SNL cast member, I think. Um, and anytime you see him and Andy Samberg together, um, you know, they, I think they play brothers and I love you, man. Just great chemistry between the two of them. Um, all right. Just in the matter, in the, in the means of time, I will, I will quickly touch on my, uh, favorite non-musical short. Um, I don't know if this counts. This is very similar to Bill's pick where there, there is music involved, but you know, it's an, it's an existing song. So I think it, it does count uh, as a non-musical uh, Dear Sister, uh, a.k.a. The Shooting, or The Shooting, a.k.a. Dear Sister. This is one where when I was becoming an SNL fan and trying to watch everything um, there was to watch on the internet, this is one where it was almost like a dark secret in a sense where they, because of what was going on in the world at the time, you know, it was very hard to find this one on YouTube. Now it's, you know, it's a lot easier. Um, but I, I remember going on like, rabbit holes online trying to find this one and when you finally find it you know watching it a million times because you're afraid that they're gonna nbc is gonna find it and take it down uh but I, I love this one um for me the the ending kind of button to the whole thing where fred armison is reading the actual letter that's like breaking down exactly what went down where uh, i'll shoot him and he'll shoot dave and whatever um and the music in general. I mean, I didn't even watch the OC, um, you know, around that time, or I haven't watched the OC. So it, it works alone on its own as a parody, um, but also just as a sketch. Um, so Haskell, if any, if any of you guys, uh, you know, want to briefly give me your thoughts on this one, uh, otherwise we can we can move on. I agree with everything you said. Same. <laughs> it's fant it's fantastic and it employs a tactic uh that they that they use in several sketches uh which is a way that they escalate things is they start uh shortening like the build up to the punch each time so so you know it becomes a, a a shorter amount of time until someone fires the gun and when they fire the gun of course it restarts that part of the song and um and it's similar to you know, jizz in my pants where all of a sudden like the stories about why they're jizzing in their pants keep getting shorter and shorter and shorter until it's just, you know, a, a very short half a line. Oh, it jizz my pants, jizz my pants. Um, and, and I saw, I noticed them use that through a lot of, uh, a lot of these different um, sketches. So classic, um, classic Lonely Island, I guess. And great thing. And, and the funny thing is, and as Sammy said, I mean, OC was not on my radar at all. And I don't I don't even think I watched the OC scene until a few years ago to kind of compare it. Um, but when a parody can work on that level where you don't have to know the original material necessarily to really enjoy it and think it's hilarious, I, I think. And, and it's so memeable. I mean, that wasn't a thing when this came out either. But I mean, you see this on Twitter and everywhere else. So so many times now. So yeah, great pick. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you like my pick, guys. Um, all right, we're going to move on to our next category here. Um, it is most underrated digital shorts. I'm, I'm really excited to hear what you guys um, have to say about this one. Uh, I'm going to start with Bill um, to let him get first pick here. 
Tell me what you uh, think is your most underrated digital short. You know, I think the funny thing with Andy, I'd love to know between both him and the Lonely Island what their inspirations were um, beyond the normal. But a lot of their uh, digital, digital shorts hit me as almost state-like. I don't know if yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen the state. And, you know, that was in my vision at the time when I was in college. And uh, the one that works best for me with that kind of um, movement is the business meeting with Rain Wilson. Um, I don't think it gets talked about nearly enough. We have so much of the current cast at that time. You know, we've got Amy and Kristen and Jason and, and uh, Forte. And then the more absurd it gets, as most of them do, uh, cutting to Chief, Bla Chief Big Cloud and, you know, it's Fred in a big headdress. Not now, Gary. <laughs> cutting over to Kristen Wiig, who's actually Chief Big Cloud. Uh, the giant turkey sub, which is pretty much stolen right out of the state. And... Uh, <laughs> And finally finishing up with Arcade Fire and uh, rain on his finger, using it as a phone as the building explodes uh, from start to finish. And it's it's another one of those quick, less than two or three minutes. You know, it just hits all the right points. Great pick. Um, yeah, business meeting, as I was going through them, I, I was kind of keeping a not-so-serious ranking just so as we were going through the categories, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, that one I really enjoyed. And this one was pretty high up on my list as one where um, I definitely watched it when it aired, uh, you know, back in like 07 and hadn't watched it in a long time. So I think it's definitely underrated and people should talk about it more. Uh, Haskell or, and Haynes, do you guys have any thoughts on business meeting? I, I, Bill, I'm so glad you, you, because I had a tie at the top for mine and it, one of them was business meeting. So I'm, you broke the tie for me. That is just to, that is just my type of humor that sort of quick back and forth and we're escalating these characters. I love the invisible man who turns out to call out sick that day. Um, yeah, I, I, that was right at the top of my list. Haynes, uh, you have anything, uh, before we move on? Yeah, that was um, very funny. And Rain Wilson, uh, you know, is, is just great in that type of role. Um, I also uh, kind of really related to it in that I used to um, make a little comic strip with a turkey sandwich as a character. Um, they had a turkey sandwich and a dog that like were getting into adventures together. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great skit, uh, great sketch and, and um, a very, very funny. Yes. I can definitely imagine uh, Roz Haynes uh, drawing his uh, his turkey sandwich sketch uh, comics. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, all right, uh, Haskell, I'm going to move on to you. I want to hear uh, what is your most underrated SNL digital short. Yeah, it, it's it's almost in the exact same vein. It's uh, the the only reason this one I I would bump just a little bit head on uh, head on underrated is because I think the business meetings remember just a little bit more. Uh, but it's the party guy sketch with Andy and Bill just kind of looking around the party and coming up with all of these kind of things that we would call people and then getting the very literal interpretation of it. Uh, the best part of that sketch is they go, look at these mother effers and we pan over. And of course it's guys like hitting on people's moms, but we get some really great cameos by then writer John Mulaney and then writer a very shaggy Colin Jost. Um, <laughs> but again, everything I said about the business meeting, it's my, it's, it's, that's my type of humor. It's a quick back and forth escalating these characters. Um, so that's why I chose that one. Uh, that, that was also on my list, uh, either for uh, underrated or non-musical digital short. 
that's just seeing Bill Hader and Andy Samberg's dynamic together. Uh, what going through these, Bill Hader might be the, and I'm sure we'll talk about this when we go to SNL cast member performance. Bill Hader might be the most valuable member of the SN, of that SNL cast to these digital shorts. Um, so I'm I'm really glad you brought this one up, Haynes. Let me bring you in. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on this one? Yeah, it was funny and not to keep telling stories about my like childhood and life here, but I used to have a book uh, growing up that basically was this joke. And, uh, and it would be like, you know, the man escaped from prison and was on the lamb and you open the page and it's just a guy like on a lamb, you know, and it's a, after he broke out of the pen and it shows him like breaking out of like an ink pen or something. So, um, so yeah, it's funny. Um, I like the, uh, the literal interpretations. Um, yeah, uh, 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 pretty good overall. Not at the absolute top uh, for me, but um, but I do love the fast uh, repartee, uh, you know, just the quick, like, blowing through lines. Um, that is my type of thing. I think that's why I like Tina Fey's uh, style of writing so much, the really quick bang, bang, bang. Um, and so this had a little bit of that. Um, yeah, pretty funny, pretty funny sketch. Bill, got any thoughts on this one before we move on? Haskell, great minds think alike. That was my 1A to my 1. Uh, everything about this was great as well. I, I love, and talk about Forte again, is this kind of turning into Hartman part two with us, but, you know, Forte in this as the serial rapist. <laughs> like, just yes, so, so great. And we get a Lutz cameo from 30 Rock and, and of course, an SL writer for many, many years. So, yeah, it, this was great from top to bottom, and the rapid fire jokes just hit right where it was perfect. As a, as a true SNL fan, I think it is our our pastime to watch a sketch and then see someone who ends up being such either a big presence on the show, whether it be Jost uh, and, and Mulaney, but just Mulaney in general is just blown up, um, you know, to uh, another stratosphere. So it's always fun to kind of see these uh, people. Paul Pell is one you, you see in, the, in like a boss, uh, for example. Um, but all right. So, Haynes, let's... Uh, Let's uh, give you the floor here. I want to hear what your most underrated digital short is. Well, like I kind of teased you with before, kind of my two runners up uh, that I was kind of merging together when I started to tell the story, uh, both both the Megan Fox ones I thought were really um, good. Uh, the, the date with Will Forte and then the roommates uh, with, with Optimus uh, was very funny. But I decided to go with, and, and it's hard for me to judge really whether – you know, how underrated these things are because I don't, it, it's, we, we didn't get to take a poll before we did this. Um, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about this sketch. So it, I guess it must be underrated then for that reason. And that would be um, Virginia or Virginia Horsens um, del uh, delivery by horse, uh, mail by horse um, sketch. Uh, I just thought Kristen Wiig uh, was, it, it was, I think it was well-written. It had a lot of funny jokes in there and she played the character really, really well. Uh, she kind of, I mean, she was, she was the lead, but she still stole the, the stole the bit. It was, uh, it was a fantastic performance by her. Um, and uh, uh, I just thought it was very odd and quirky. And I didn't under, uh, she's constantly like, worried about the threat of terrorism or at least she's using that as a sales tactic for why people should use her service um and then it's you know and then and then she actually tells you to mail your mail to her address and she gives you her address you can mail it to her and then she'll take it wherever it's supposed to go um so there's a lot of reasons that's stupid and funny and um 
and, and I definitely don't think I, I've heard uh, anybody talk about it. So I thought that would, might be a fun one for underrated. So your description of that one makes me want to go back and rewatch it because this is one where I was binging it yesterday where, you know, I, I don't know, it just wasn't one of my favorites. But Bill Haskell, if you guys have uh, anything to say about this one, um, you know, now's your time. Yeah, I, I had this as one of my finalists for best cast member uh, in a sketch. Uh, she Both of the Virginia ones are so great. Um, and, and it makes I mean, she carries it, of course, but all this 80s, you know, cut art and just everything about it. And the line's getting more and more ridiculous as she goes on. And, and the male line is just is so great. So, yeah, great pick. Yeah, I could see, uh, you know, how you could people could get some Kristen Wiig fatigue during her time on the show. But going back and watching the digital shorts, I feel like they always used Kristen Wiig pretty well. And that and the fact that she wasn't overexposed. Um, but then when you did have like a handful of digital shorts where she was the lead it was just like weird enough to to be in her wheelhouse so another great selection um, I'm, I'm glad you guys like that one uh i'll really quickly fire off what i consider the most underrated i had a couple choices here but this is one where i when i watched it yesterday i'm like how ha, had i not watched this in, in so long uh for me it's the doppelganger it's like a very very early snl digital short it has uh you know seth myers and a sketch who this might have been right before he took over uh, on the update. Um, so, you know, always great to see Seth pop up in a sketch. Uh, it's Andy, Seth, and and Will Forte uh, trying to find their doppelgangers. And lo and behold, they they find doppelgangers and they're, they're played by themselves. You know, Seth Myers is in a, a big top hat. Uh, I forget what Will Forte's disguise is. Um, and, then, and then they try to convince Andy that Horatio Stans is like a homeless guy or a hobo is his doppelganger. Uh, and of course it just escalates, um, until they have to shoot one or the other and they end up shooting Andy in instead of Horatio. Um, this is going back to what I said earlier. This feels like one where Andy's just like, Hey guys, you know, it's Friday. I need to pump out a digital short. I want to get some content on the show because as he joked about in his monologue, when he came to host, he was in like a hundred digital shorts and like two live sketches. So, you know, he really needed to put the pressure on himself to put something out. And uh, it was great. Just, you, you know, you, you, if you've been to New York, you know exactly where they are, like around 30 Rock, uh, you know, filming that sketch. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, if anyone has, uh, you know, anything they want to say about that one, uh, you know, feel free to jump in. Yeah, that was right there towards the top of my list, too. Everything I love about um, these non-musical ones, again, it feels thrown together. It feels like they probably filmed that. Friday afternoon. It's it is so early in the run of um, the SNL digital shorts that to look back on it compared to other stuff, it looks kind of grainy. It looks like uh, they might have pulled like an early camera phone to film that, and it, it is like a nice little time capsule to a very quick kind of era of SNL where you have uh, the the that core, um, but you also have like a pre head writer Seth Meyers, a pre update. Seth Meyers, you have Horatio Sands, some people that we didn't really get to see much in, you know, interacting with Andy Samberg over the years. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always fun to see those cast members who overlap just a little bit and kind of seeing the the sketches they get to be in together. Uh, before we move on, Haynes, Bill, anything you want to add? I, I think this is uh, early enough in uh, the digital shorts where it was kind of jarring. Uh, you know, we had just come off TV Funhouse, 
Uh, that was pretty much the predominant pre-tape for, you know, 10 years, and it was mostly animated. So to have the this one and Lettuce and uh, things like that were, were just so off the charts and wasn't anything like SNL at the time, and it was so refreshing and so good to see back in 05 and 06. I just think it's fun uh, anytime we get to see Seth in a sketch. Uh, I think he's a little bit better uh, sketch performer than we give him credit for. It's just that he's so good behind the desk. You know, where else would you want him? But uh, but very funny how quickly uh, it escalated. You know, um, uh, the homeless guy took his gloves off, and uh, and then and then they're like, I can't tell him apart, and that's. And that's when, uh, you know, when he says, I don't know which one to shoot. And it just it came out of nowhere. There were no guns before this. Like, there, there, there nothing was this serious. Um, and, and Andy's going, what? Why would you shoot anyone? And uh, so I love the, the hard turn um, at first. Um, I, you know, I, 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 um, I, I didn't remember this one. Um, and I kind of wondered uh, if I was going to get bored by the, joke as it as it as the um sketch started but of course um they proved me wrong uh and and really the second half uh, finished very strong uh which the second half is all the jokes you know the good part of the joke i guess so uh so yeah great pick i really enjoyed this one um so our next category is best andy sandberg performance um so haskell i'm gonna go to you what is your best andy sandberg performance yeah we don't we already talked about it ross trent was for me everything that is his unwarranted confidence so everything that was said before about that that's why it made it uh andy's best performance for me uh great great pick haynes uh bill bill do you want to add on onto this one no, I mean, it's great, great pick is, as well. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It, it's just, it's primo Andy at that time. I, I think it was a great, great uh, platform for him. Definitely. Haynes, uh, Roz Haynes, any, any thoughts on <laughs> Roz Trent? Uh, n- not that I haven't already shared with you. Yeah. So, you know, we got to talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's a great performance by him and a great pick. Uh, absolutely. Um, all right, Bill, let's, uh, let's, let's turn it over to you. I want to hear your, your, your best Andy Sandberg performance. Uh, this might've been the toughest category just because Andy obviously is so predominant in so many of these. Um, and I went back and forth between Dick in a box, uh, but I settled on the hero song. Um, kind of a deep cut, you know, uh, the, this dramatic song, he's, he's sitting in this office building. He's clearly, you know, well-to-do wall street guy. And he, he can't believe how the world is falling to shit. And, and he doesn't know what he's going to do about it. And all of a sudden he pops up as this Batman type figure and rescues this poor damsel in distress. And if you think what the twist is going to be is that Sudeikis as the robber is going to shoot him, no, no, he's going to punch him a hundred times in the face. And then he hits him with a mailbox. Uh, just <laughs> so great. Even when you think you know where the twist is going to go, um, they, they add another twist to it. And even Amy, Amy Adams playing a small role in it and, and walking away saying, thank you. <laughs> just, just great, Andy. And I think uh, at the peak of his success right there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely one that is also, I think, pretty underrated. Um, Haskell or Haynes, you guys have any thoughts on, on this one? Uh, just, uh, outside of SNL, probably the biggest, like 
comedy like influence in my life was growing up watching family guy and family guy had this very has this this like thing where they they want to see if they can take something funny and beat it over the head until it's not funny and see if they can bring it back around to be funny and that's sort of what this sketch is where you're just like is there going to be another note after how many times he's punching him and it just keeps going and going that even if you get sick of it it comes back around you're like okay this is just absurd Definitely, my favorite part was the punching, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and 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 her being like, "Oh God, oh okay, all right, that's that's too much, but all right, thank you." And then moving on, um, yeah, uh, great pick, uh, great pick, very funny, especially down the home stretch. Absolutely, yeah, great, great pick, uh, and yeah, I mean, shout out to Amy Adams. You know, it, that was another fun thing for me going through these digital shorts. Whenever the host would appear, kind of. You know, brings you back to that time of oh, Amy Adams. You know, she was hosting SNL, and that was cool. The she's kind of part of that Lonely Island digital short canon. Um, all right, cool. So uh, I think that brings us to Haynes. Am I am I losing track? Haynes, is this uh, what is your uh, your best Andy Samberg performance? So man, um, this was tough. This was really tough because I think uh, Shirani is a really great performance. Um, I didn't want to uh, just pick something that also felt really, you know, one of the ones that felt kind of obvious because, you know, there are there are some really well-known um, digital shorts, uh, you know, we've touched on that. Um, so I, I think he was uh, very good in Creep, uh, which is not hugely, hugely different um, from Chirani as far as what he's doing with his teeth and stuff uh, when he's when he's looking at the camera. Um, but I thought that I thought I thought creep. That's what I gave him his best performance for. Um, I just thought uh, that was outstanding. Um, and I, I did give him a runner up um, for the booty call uh, sketch where Alicia Keys uh, calls him up kind of drunk. And uh, and he's talking about coming over, and uh, he's just this hilarious character, uh, you know, who's who's eating cookie dough and watching uh, I don't remember what, you know, Real Housewives of New York or something, and uh, and uh, and just a very funny character. And then it turns out he's at uh, an intervention during all of this, um, and he keeps and every time she tries to say something, you know, to be you know, uh, forthcoming that she wants to have sex with him. And he's just, his response is always like, Oh heck yeah, girl. And um, just very, yeah, very funny character. So that was, um, so I, I thought booty call and creep, um, were, were two of my favorite Sandberg performances. Kind of hard to decide. Uh, you stole, you stole uh, booty call was on my, on my short list for this one. So, but I'm glad you brought it up. That's an awesome sketch as well. Um, H Haskell and Bill, do you guys have any thoughts on either of those sketches? Booty call was uh, was up there for me. I again, I was like finding trends going back and watching all of these. And there's like, if, if there's a digital short with Andy Samberg in it, you have to decide first: is he or isn't he playing a live action Muppet? And uh, this is one of the cases in which he's very much just feels like a <laughs> like a live action Muppet, but uh, super fun sketch. That was probably number two on my list. Yeah, Booty Call was up there for me as well, top five. Uh, creep is going to come up for me in another category shortly, so I don't want to talk too much about that. But yeah, uh, Booty Call, I, I think uh, seeing him play such a nerdy, goofy, unaware guy uh, is is the best of Andy's wheelhouse. Uh, for sure. 
Uh, and really quickly, I'm going to give you guys my pick for the best Andy Samberg performance. In the interest of trying to talk about sketches that we haven't talked about, I'm going to award this very worthy performance, uh, Andy Samberg and Great Day. Um, definitely, I don't know if it's underrated because it's, it's definitely very popular, but you know, it's not the uh, maybe on that Mount Rushmore of sketches that are talked about from this era a lot, but uh, the energy in that one, totally anchored by uh, Andy's performance, uh, is incredible. If you want to wake up and have a great day, watch that sketch in the morning and it should pump you up and you know maybe influence you to do uh, very bad things. Uh, really quickly, do you guys have uh, any thoughts on great day? Oh, we, we get a lot of the cast at that time as well. I, this this was up there for me as well. I mean, you've got Moynihan, you've got Nassim Pedrad, Bill Hader. Uh, yeah, and Andy just on level 11 uh, playing this cocaine addict was, was fantastic. All right, cool. Uh, Haynes, really quick. Well, it, it's such an intense character, uh, you know, that he's playing. So he so he does really get to really put himself into it. Um, and with the facial expressions and everything. Yeah, I, I it kind of this one kind of slipped my mind. Uh, but that is a really, really great uh, Sandberg performance. And to touch on um, Nassim Pedrad, uh, she was really in a lot of she was in a lot more shorts than I remember. Um, uh, she was in a lot of these. Uh, but Great Day was fantastic fantastic performance from andy sandberg for sure and yeah just uh to very quickly touch on uh, nasim pedrad a sketch i watched yesterday that was bizarre that i, I doubt will come up in our conversation helen miram's miran's uh magical bosom uh she's great in that sketch uh nasim pedrad is uh she might she might be underrated as well and someone who uh, i'm excited for her new show on tbs um so next, our next category, we got three more. Um, this one is the best Yorma slash Akiva performance. Uh, we love these guys. They're just as much a part of the Lonely Island as Andy. Um, you know, a lot of the times behind the scenes. So we did want to give them a special shout out here uh, for the, the couple times they've appeared in sketches. Um, so Haynes, I'm going to start with you. Um, let me hear your pick for this one. So I didn't know if we were just supposed to pick one sketch for uh, uh, or, or total or, or if we could give each. Up each for interpretation. Them. Yeah. OK. I figured I could give each of them uh, their best performance. Um, so, yeah, you know, we it was one of the first things we talked about. And I tried not to completely give it away that it was uh, my pick. But um, it, this has to be Akiva's best performance. I mean, he. um uh, was absolutely amazing on uh, I'm on a boat. Uh, so I, I thought um, I thought that was definitely um, his best. You know, we talked about how hard he comes in, and then the first verse, and then the second verse, pretty much just says MFR over and over again. Um, so Akiva, I'm on a boat. I think that has to be his best performance. And um, Yorma, um, I, I, I started to go back and forth a little bit because I thought he had a really great performance in hugs. He's wearing a lot of different outfits uh, and doing a lot of funny faces. But um, upon rewatch, going back and watching both of these over again, I did have to give him the edge um, in jizz in my pants. I feel like um, he had a really exceptional performance um, in that one. And so I'll say uh, for my top performances, um, Akiva, I'm on a boat, um, although he was great in Creep too. Um, but Akiva, I'm on a boat, and uh, Yorma, jizz in my pants. 
and by and by taking two performances, there's there's a lot less on the table for the rest of us. So thank thank you, Haynes. But uh, Bill, uh, I want I want to hear uh, your uh, your pick for this one. Uh, my pick is, uh, you know, I, I, I kept them together, um, but uh, I, I went with Creep. I, I don't think uh, there's a better stage for the three of them together. Um, it's pretty close between I'm, I'm on a boat and the 100th uh, digital short, but uh, the three of them dancing ridiculously and making those crazy faces and just the noise, try to get that ah out of your head after you've heard it one or two or 10 times the last three days. Um, and, you know, cutting to them as kids and, you know, being born, wearing the, the, the fancy suit and doing the face. And uh, Nicki Minaj makes a great performance in this as well uh, as a cameo. So the, top to bottom, the, the three of them together, uh, Yorma and Akiva, uh, this, this was my pick, the creep. Great, great pick, uh, Bill. And uh, yeah, I apologize. I kind of skipped over the conversation for Haynes' pick. So if you, if, uh, if Bill, if you have any opinion on those or Haskell, if you guys want to talk about, uh, you know, any of the ones, I mean, Jizz in My Pants is uh, a sketch we haven't really talked about yet. So, you know, if you guys want to focus in on that one and, you know, talk about that real quick. I mean, you know, any, you, any again, when you have these sketches that are so specifically the Lonely Island, these guys shined and and uh the top of my list was creep as well um just because it, it showed off a little bit of their their physical humor as well as i mean obviously the three of them can actually rap and can actually make music number two on my list was uh jack sparrow because again they're they're all there making great music um and that was just their strength is when the, when the three of them were just allowed to just go be lonely island for the week or, or for the day whatever however long it took to make that um, the three of them just always shined when they were together. Absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, you know, when you work with, uh, uh, a group of people for so long, you're just going to have amazing chemistry, whatever, uh, no matter what you do. Um, you know, unless anyone has, uh, more thoughts on any of the sketches, uh, we've brought up, uh, Haskell, you want to give us, uh, your, your, uh, your pick. For, for them, it was creep. Oh, I'm going with Bill. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, awesome pick. Uh, I will quickly talk about a sketch that I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet, uh, you know, in any of these categories, but it's definitely one of my favorite digital shorts. Uh, I just had sex. Uh, again, one where the song itself is great. Um, you know, it's one that gets stuck in my head every time I, I watch it or think about it. Um, and, and Yorma on that one, uh, pairing him up in Jessica Alba, who... You know, doesn't have any lines in the sketch, but she does a lot of like funny, I guess, physical comedy, or she gives a lot of like great looks. And just seeing someone like Yorma uh, in the same bed as Jessica Alba, the contrast alone uh, makes the joke uh, a lot funnier. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, "I Just Had Sex"? It is definitely uh, one of the the catchiest tunes. Um, it, it's really easy to get that song stuck in your head, and I do think you. Um, nailed it uh you know watching these guys uh hook up with super smoking hot chicks is hilarious that's i mean that's a great joke in and of itself um yeah so that's that's obviously a great pick great song too yeah same it's a great song and the the joke of uh the sex not being that great with these unbelievable women is just <laughs> so perfect uh and all the great cameos that you mentioned as well great pick for sure yeah great cameos in that one uh and then, yeah, you know, going to give a shout out to Akiva, even though he, 
is he is he and I I just had sex. He might have a small role. Um, I have a small cameo on that, if if anything. But you know, uh, always great to see those guys together on screen. Uh, we got two more categories here: um, best SNL cast member performance. Uh, for this one, I'm going to start with Bill. Uh, Bill, what do you got for this one? Well, he's come up a lot, and this uh, short has come up a lot. But uh, I'm going with Will Forte, uh, lifetime achievement member of Digital Shorts, uh, with the date. Uh, just you know, a lot of it's been already covered, but you know, talking about uh, going to tell his dentist because his dentist is self-conscious that he has great teeth, uh, that he raises lambs. You know, once they get to a certain age, he brings them to the. Uh, to the uh, restaurants and the jerky stores. Like it's, just, <laughs> there's so many great lines. And this is one of those that you have to go back and watch like five or six times to catch every line. You know, you may not catch him talking about how his dentist is self-conscious the first time you watch it. Um, but yeah. And then of course the, the ending with him rejecting Megan Fox and uh, uh, just, Forte at his finest, and and we've seen this throughout all the different digital shorts, especially in the early days, uh, how much he contributed to this. Absolutely, uh, that's a great pick. And yeah, Will Forte. I mean, the McGruber sketches, the McGruber sketches are technically, you know, they're by you know the Lonely Island, they're you know by uh, Yorma, so they're not technically SNL digital shorts. But we obviously got to give a shout out to you know their collaboration, and I'm very excited for the McGruber TV series. Uh, you know, hashtag get me on. Was it Sammy for McGruber Haskell? Whatever the hashtag was. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on the date uh, before we move on? It should be super hacky. Like I. Him just showing up and having a weird voice to me typically would just be hacky, but the it's so outrageous and the 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 one liners they come up with him are so good that it that it works. That was almost at the top of my list for a few different categories. I mean, yeah, we we brought it up a few times. You know, I I think was going to have it in my underrated. Um, yeah, you know, he is just doing a voice, and they never explain why. You know, uh, Megan Fox would be, you know, <laughs> proposing uh, to this guy, um, but uh, but he plays he plays so well through that voice. There's a lot of nuance and subtlety to the lines, the way he delivers them. Um, it's it's not just. Um, you know, a, a, a mask that he's using with this voice. Like it's really, he, I really feel that whole character, that whole weird, goofy character. Uh, he really makes you believe in it. Um, and so I thought for, for that reason uh, that this was fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, just top to bottom, fantastic. For sure. Uh, I'm going to next go over to Haskell here. Uh, Haskell, what's your pick? We are on, uh, forgive me, we're on best uh, cast member. That's right. All right. Mine is, uh, it's going to be sort of lumping a lot of things in. I'm surprised this has not come up at all. So I'm going to use this to lump a bunch of sketches together. I'm going to give this to Bill Hader in all of the Laser Cats. Um, Laser Cats is everything that I love about the, the thrown together aspect that they're filming it. Uh, it, like in the hallways of SNL, they're wearing just, it looks like stuff that they found. They're using stuffed animals. I love uh, when Bill Hader is sort of putting the message together, like with the words on the screen, um, what Laser Cats did for kind of the chemistry between Sandberg and Hader. And 
I think those early laser cat sketches were super important for Bill Hader to kind of take a step in being like the guy on SNL. Um, so all of those together, that entire series of uh, laser cat sketches were amazing. Yeah, I too think it's, you know, kind of crazy. We haven't talked about laser cats yet, probably because there's so many of them, you know, it's hard to pick, you know, what's the one that's the the standout? Because I personally think that like, the first laser cat sketch is, is fun, but I, I feel like it definitely some of the, the later ones uh, kind of take the cake for me for my favorite. Uh, Bill Haynes, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on laser cats? Oh, I, I, echoing what Haskell said, I mean, it's such a great showcase for Hader when he was still struggling to get airtime. Um, and um, <laughs> the, especially the, including Lauren and all of these sketches, you know, we, we've reached the point uh, by this time in the digital shorts where Lauren's not on the show quite as much, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. He's in every third show, you know, in the background and this and that. Uh, so to have him in there just to completely reject these guys making these terrible, horribly made movies. Uh, they can't even keep track of when the real cat and when it's the stuffed cat. I mean, it's from one to seven are fantastic. I think um, I think there's maybe a few too many laser cat sketches for me uh, when I was, you know, reading the vulture article and um, kind of it was echoing Seth's feelings, um, which are that, um, you know, probably other people like the laser cats more than me. Um, I did like that. Like you were saying, Sammy, I do think they got better over time. Um, and so maybe that's at first, you know, I was going, you know, how many of these do we need? I do think they get better. Uh, I thought Steve Martin had a really nice performance um, in one and, uh, you know, and, and, and Spielberg was pretty funny as well. Um, so they're, they're obviously a huge part of, uh, of the Lonely Islands uh, portfolio. And I mean, you, you might call it the, the seminal, uh, piece of their portfolio when you consider them all lumped together, uh, how often they went back to it. Um, you know, it, it, it was one, it was the first one was one of the first, um, shorts and, you know, the last one was one of the very last ones. So it stayed, um, as a theme that they kept coming back to. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, so <laughs> that's my take on laser cats. Yeah, the, the line that Bill Hader gives, just to bring it back to Bill in those sketches, every time he goes, that was too close. <laughs> like, just every time he finds a way to fit that one in. Great points on, you know, just being able to see Lauren just get so stressed out and aggravated every time a, a new friend of the show, whether it's Tom Hanks or Steve Martin, comes in to, you know, pitch their laser cats. Uh, yeah, and, and really quickly, Steve Martin, when his line where when Lauren kicks them all out and Steve's about to exit the office and he goes, Oh, I thought you were talking about me. And Lauren's like, I was <laughs> like, that was, that was fantastic. Um, all right. So have you guys have all gone right for, or Haynes, this is you. I have not. Yeah. yeah I haven't gone. Uh, and so I think, you know, there, there are a lot, I mean, there's so many great performances. This whole thing is kind of, ridiculous, you know, that we're even really trying to name one. Um, but um, I, I will say part of, uh, I think part of the reason I chose this performance is not just for uh, the actual actor craft um, by 
the actor, but I do think it was a great character um, in a in a in a great short. And so, just for fun, I went with uh, Keenan as Reba McIntyre, um, or not really Reba McIntyre. Um, that is a great sketch. It's a uh, it's amazing how. Uh, you know, his friends are trying to tell him this is not Reba McIntyre. Uh, he's trying, he's trying to tell um, him that he's, that he's not Reba McIntyre. In fact, he's a man. Um, and then he, he, it's funny the way Keenan interjects his lines, um, you know, um, it, you know, Andy's singing about being in love and then, you know, or, or what a, you know, what, what a great person Reba is and Keenan will slip in with a penis. And, um, and then, and then uh, you know, and, and he says, you know, Andy says something like, Oh, I feel, you know, like my love is swinging from tree to tree or something. And Keenan says swinging like my balls. And he just keeps like, keeps bringing up the fact that, um, that he has plenty of male anatomy that um, it almost seems like Sam Rude's character hasn't noticed. Um, so that, uh, that I thought was a really fun um, piece and a really fun character and a, and a fun performance uh, from Keenan. Um, so I threw that one in there. But Yeah, this is one where I'm surprised that we didn't get like two or three of these, you know, where like Keenan finds like another wig or they could, could have brought like the Riga, uh, the Reba element back into it. Uh, great pick. Uh, Bill Haskell, do you guys have any thoughts on two worlds collide Keenan in, in those sketches? It's just, yeah, we, we didn't see a lot of Keenan in, in a, you know, a lot of SNL digital shorts, but uh, essentially we didn't need it because we got one, you know, a really great performance from him right there. Yeah, definitely Keenan's showcase. Uh, it's kind of funny that these went on for seven years and he's virtually nowhere to be seen except for a couple of great ones like this. But um, yeah, th this is a great pick. Yeah, it's kind of amazing to see kind of Keenan's uh, you know, the longer you stay on the show, the more you become the like the the, the, the linchpin, I guess, uh, in, in his case. Um, all right, quickly, I'll bring up a sketch that we somehow have not talked about and a cast member who, uh, you know, kind of like I was alluding to earlier, being able to see um, this guy uh, interact with Andy Samberg. I think they were only on the show together for maybe a season or two. Uh, Chris Parnell and Lazy Sunday. Uh, I think in that Vulture article that we keep plugging, uh, Seth Meyers says that Chris Parnell is the MF doom of comedy rappers, which I don't think I, anything else I could say uh, could, you know, uh, any other way to express my feelings on him in the sketch. Uh, even when they brought it back for Lazy Sunday 2, which, you know, obviously cannot live up to the original, but is still very a fun sketch. He just brings it. Um, and you know, I'd love to hear a whole Chris Parnell comedy rap album. So, um, do you guys have any thoughts on Chris Parnell and lazy Sunday before we, we move on? Uh, it's, it's a great pick and, uh, you know, it, it started the whole thing. Let us aside. Um, but I mean, Parnell was a great rapper. And if you look at Parnell's rapping on uh, weekend update, uh, quite a few times. He, he was really good at being able to do that where you wouldn't think this old white guy was able to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the OG. And if you're spoofed by the office, then I, I think you're deserving of uh, your your status. Yeah, same. I mean, what can you say? that Without Parnell in that sketch kind of setting off what SNL Digital Short would be, then we are probably not having this podcast right now. 
Yeah, totally, totally agree with that point. You know, as we've said, it, it did really kick things off and um, and it's so classic uh, for that reason. And Parnell just absolutely shreds everything he's in, every type of character. I've never, he, he, he reminds me of Phil Hartman in that like he just seems to never miss. Uh, he just really always nails it, I feel like, um, in everything he does. Um, so yeah, a fan, absolutely fantastic performance by him arguably maybe his most iconic yeah absolutely um all right so we are at our last category here before we play uh a short game of snl desert lonely island uh best host slash cameo performance um so yeah it's, it's very simple you know it's uh, either the host is in the the sketch or uh you know a, a random cameo i, I just we want to Give uh, a little love to those uh, those performances. So I believe uh, I'll start with Haskell on this one. I was split between a few. Uh, my one honorable mention is Brian Tucker showing up in Roar Rules. But going back, I saw a sketch that um, that again made me laugh as I watched it twice, and that was Zach Galifianakis drops by on set. And um, it, it, again, it, it's something that should be kind of hacky, where we're like dropping a character into scenes where he doesn't belong, but he just sells it so well, especially the Law and Order one. And then the twist at the end when we jump back decades ago on SNL and they have this little kid with a nice Zach Galifianakis beard. Uh, again, it got me twice on the rewatch, so I had to go with that one. Uh, awesome. Uh, Haynes, Bill, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, Zach Galifianakis? He's been in two digital shorts um so you know either one of those if you want to talk about those i i did i did think this i did think this one was funny um he yeah yeah and he's and he's really great in the other digital short as well the assistant i think is what it's called um yeah this is uh this is this was a pretty this is a pretty fun one um especially going back you know all the places he shows up in time almost forrest gump like you know at like robin williams set um on snl and stuff back in the 70s and uh um, so yeah, it was, uh, this was, this was a good one. I think I prefer, uh, the assistant if I had to pick a Zach performance. Um, but, uh, but this is a good one. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 again, to echo, I, I love when he ends up back in 1984 SNL and, and Robin Williams is hosting and he's got the beard as a child. So yeah, great pick. I, I wish we'd see Galifianakis back on the show to, to talk about that, but um, yeah, this is, this is a good pick. I'm sure I'm surprised it hasn't come up before. Yeah. I'll echo your sentiment there. Uh, we definitely would love to see Zach Galifianakis back on the show. Um, you know, I don't know if he's promoting anything, uh, to where he'll be able to be on for the rest of the season, but hopefully you know, in the next uh, couple of years, we'll, we'll get to see him back. Um, all right, Bill, let's, let me bring it back to you. Um, who do you got for this category? Well, there's so many good choices as with all these categories, but I went with the uh, cameo that was the most out of the zeitgeist at this point. I mean, th this guy had done nothing for 15 years, basically. Uh, I'm going with uh, Michael Bolton as Jack Sparrow. Um, just, such a great twist, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds into that, where you think he's just going to drop this hot beat and he starts talking about these movies that he had just watched and uh, how, how utterly annoyed the Lonely Island gets as he gets more and more into this and turns into Jack Sparrow and then just devolves from there into Forrest Gump and Scarface and has one of the best lines of any of the digital shorts where he, he quotes Scarface, this whole town is 
pussy waiting to get. <laughs> so it's just great. It's nothing that would have ever been on anybody's radar that Michael Bolton would have been in. And uh, I, I think this was a perfect uh, cameo. I love uh, Michael Bolton in the Jack Sparrow digital short. I What's fun about this one is in a lot of the other musical digital shorts where they have, you know, a celebrity, you know, do a feature. Um, they're like more so in on the joke versus like this kind of the, the premise of this one is they're trying to make a serious song or something uh, like a club banger with Michael Bolton. And he just totally takes it over and he's, kind of you know the goof playing off of them as like the straight men so i kind of like that uh that twist on it uh do you guys have uh, any thoughts on this one I i'm surprised that the that it hadn't come up before this moment i i really thought jack sparrow was going to be one that we ended up talking about a lot uh, maybe even i didn't pick it because i thought like other people would be picking it um so this was an am amazing uh cameo performance um and uh and, and it is very funny uh, especially at first uh, when they don't re really know what's going on um, and they're in the studio and he starts, you know, <laughs> say, saying something about um, Pirates of the Caribbean and, he, and they all kind of pause like, what? And then he goes, starts talking about the island of Tortuga. Um, and then we, <laughs> you know, we go through uh, all his other movies. And yes, Bill, that line was unbelievable at the end. The Scarface line was unbelievable. Couldn't, uh, couldn't, I was incredulous as to what I was watching. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful pick. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, I wish we kind of saw them use the uh, Lonely Island as the straight man a little bit more. Uh, I think it works incredibly well, especially like there's a twist to them being the straight man though, which is that they show up not really to be the straight man. They show up to do this like, of, like you said, like this club banger that they have no right to produce, and, and yet they're, they, you know, it rains on their parade because uh, Michael Bolton turns out to be weirder than they are. Uh, so uh, it's either a Jack Sparrow or I just had sex for me are the catchiest uh, Lonely Island songs, the songs that I would just straight up listen to um, just for enjoyment. So a, a wonderful, wonderful choice. Yes, uh, awesome choice there. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to Haynes. I want to hear uh, your your pick here for uh, best host slash cameo performance. So there, there, you know, were some really, really great ones, um, and mine kind of came down to uh, one that felt really obscure um, and one that. Uh, you know, kind of might be a little nearer uh, to the Mount Rushmore. Um, so I, I think, yeah, especially since it was one of the earlier um, shorts, um, Natalie raps. I mean, Natalie Portman tore that up. Like it was amazing. You just, it was fun to see that side, um, you, you know, of her, of her character. Um, it, the second one was not as good as the first one. Uh, we could have just left it as, as a one-off, but I, th I thought her first performance was uh, amazing. But that is my runner-up. I chose the uh, the more obscure one, and the character is very one-note, but I laughed so, so hard at John Hamm as Sergio in The, in the Curse, who <laughs> keeps busting into these rooms with a saxophone, uh, 
you know, and, and women just flocking around him. Um, and that, I, that I thought was a, was a fantastic sketch. Um, and my God, when he, when he's at the birth and he comes out of the womb, like covered in amniotic fluid and stuff. Um, it just absolutely amazing. I was crying, uh, through that sketch. And so that was really, it was nice to see him, um, appear in the hundredth, uh, digital short, um, which is, you know, kind of a little, uh, um, you know, celebration of, of all the uh, previous work that they had done. So we saw a little flash home there, but, uh, John Hamm as Sergio, in the in the curse is my um, cameo slash host uh, best performance. Yeah, awesome! Uh, you know John Hamm on SNL and on Thirty Rock. Uh, whenever he is able to do comedy, um, he's so good looking that he doesn't get to do it that much. But when he gets the opportunity to do comedy, uh, you know he he never misses. Uh, Haskell, Bill, do you guys have any thoughts on this or or Natalie Portman and Natalie Raps? Uh, birth is another thing that I feel like the Lonely Island goes back to a lot. We talked about like uh, spraying blood is one of the things that they like to do. And, and we've talked about a few sketches today where uh, they go back to some like birth scenes. So I, I think that's another thing that they find just objectively funny, I guess. Yeah. I, talk about hosts that we need to have come back. John Hamm is definitely up on the top of that list as well. Yeah, this is a great pick. This is one of my finalists as well. Um, and a great performance by Armisen as, and Andy as well. Um, so yeah, great pick. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, rewatching that one. Uh, when he pops up as well in the 100th digital short, you know, that you know, bam, bam, bam. When he when he pops in, that that's also a really great appearance. Um, but okay, I'm gonna quickly uh, mention mine. Um, there's a couple I want to hit on. Um, Jonah Hill and tennis balls. I kind of alluded to this one earlier. Um, this was like one of the last digital shorts too, and it's like a very dumb premise, you know. Um, and every time it cuts to him going like, <laughs> like as he gets hit in the in the nuts, is is fantastic. Uh, Paul Rudd in Stumbling. Uh, this one, I, it was hard to find. Uh, you know, I had, had to go into this random website that wasn't on YouTube, probably because it uses the nine to five uh, kind of uh, music. But again, him and Andy Samberg together is great. But my pick, my official pick for this one is Rihanna in both Shy Ronnie sketches. Uh, I actually, this might be a contro controversial opinion. I think Shy Ronnie 2, uh, Ronnie and Clyde, I might like a little more than the original Shy Ronnie. Um, I don't know. Just seeing the contrast between Shy Andy Samberg as Shy Ronnie and Rihanna, who is probably like one of the most, you know, confident, beautiful, um, you know, recording artists um, that we have right now. And you know, she's not someone who acts a ton. I mean, she's starting to act a lot more. Um, but the way that she kind of handles the her comedic timing in, in that sketch, um, and another John Hamm appearance uh, in in uh, Shy Ronnie too. Uh, um, towards the end there, but uh, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, on Rihanna in the Shirani sketches? I thought, I, I mean, I both the Shiranis. I, I guess I'm probably not giving a particularly hot take here, but I freaking love both of them. Um, uh, I do think I do think I like the first one better. Um, I, I think uh, most of the repeats, uh, I like the first version better, uh, with the exception of Laser Cats. Um, but uh, but but. Uh, both the Shiranis are fantastic. Uh, Rihanna is really great in that she does have great comic timing. You're right, 
she does have some really good lines in the second one. Um, but uh, but I actually I think I think Andy Samberg's uh, performances in those are really exceptional as well. Um, so so a lot of great performances um, in Shy Ronnie's, no doubt, and and very catchy, very catchy. Yeah, same. I, I I had Andy up there pretty high with his with the best Andy with the shy Ronnie. Uh, Rihanna kills it and sells it as a real song. Uh, not only the great comedic timing as Haynes mentions, but like she she really sings this ridiculous song well. Um, so yeah, great pick. Yeah, shy Ronnie's actually grown on me over the years. I don't think I was the biggest fan of them when they aired, but every time I've gone back and watched them. Um, I think every time I see it, I enjoy it more. So I uh, also like that pick. Awesome. So uh, guys, we, we got through all the categories. This is like, you know, might be a, a super fan takeover first where we don't have to cut anything uh, and, and use something for the next episode. Uh, that was really fun. Um, if you guys listening at home uh, agreed or disagreed with our picks, we'd love to hear from you, um, wh whether in the YouTube comments or the tweet at us. Uh, we want to hear what your picks uh, for all these categories would be. Um, and you know, I hope this isn't the the only time uh, the four of us uh, get to talk and do a deep dive on SNL digital shorts. There's so many that uh, we haven't talked about. And I'm sure we can, like Haskell said, uh, you know, off mic, uh, we could definitely do a whole podcast just breaking down every SNL digital short. Uh, I, I smell a spinoff maybe, but uh Daiquiri girl. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not that one, but uh, all right. So for the next, uh, you know, five or 10 minutes here, we're going to play a, a short game. We're going to play a special edition of SNL Desert Island. Uh, if you guys don't remember in the first super fan takeover, basically I asked the panel, I would give them uh, two options. In, in this case, we're playing SNL Desert Lonely Island, where I'm going to give them two uh, SNL digital shorts and, you know, in, in one sentence, uh, they're going to have to kind of defend their point on which one they are going to be taking to their lonely island. Um, so the first matchup I have for you guys um, involves a sketch uh, that we actually didn't talk about, surprisingly. Uh, I'm sure some listeners at home uh, will be a little uh, mad at us for not bringing this up yet. But uh, the first matchup I'm going with is I ran so far first I'm on a boat. So Haskell, let me start with you. Uh, what you got for this one? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I ran so far. Um, I, I'm on a boat was never to me uh, as great as some of the other songs that really hit. Um, I ran so far is it, super catchy. Um, there's, there's a little bit of like some topical stuff going on there. So I'll go with, I'll go with that one. I'll go with I ran so far. Um, I'm on a boat. I'm going to go with, uh, I, I think that's, as I said, that's one of my two or three top, uh, catchy songs. So going to go with, I'm on a boat. Same reason. I think I got to go with, I'm on a boat. Uh, it's just so catchy. Although, uh, Fred Armisen is very funny as Ahmedinejad, um, especially, you know, uh, the, the facial expressions he can do when he plays that character of someone, you know, who's in love, uh, which is obviously not how we view, um, you know, this guy, um, I think, uh, you know, the, he says, you know, when I first saw you or when I first fell in love with you, you were talking about how you hate gays or something like that. And it's like, and it's like, so it's, a, it's, uh, it's just very, it's very funny to take this, um, you know, this, uh, this character, um, 
uh, and put him into this position where he's someone uh, so uh, so likable. And um, and it was uh, it was it was it was cute. But I'm going with I'm on a I'm on a boat. I think it's funnier overall. And uh, I too am going to go with I'm on a boat. Uh, if you want to know my reasoning, uh, you can rewind this episode and listen to why that was my favorite uh, musical digital short. Uh, our next matchup here is going to be the Japanese office versus Dear Sister, a.k.a. The Shooting. Uh, Haynes, I'm going to go to you with this one. Well, this is kind of tough, um, but I do think um, The Shooting is uh, more original, even though I guess they're both um, kind of you know, they're both making fun of something that's already exists. Um, I will go with the shooting. To me, the office was a little bit one note. Um, you know, we, we kind of kept doing the same thing over and over again. And when we see all those classic moments from the office, um, just uh, relive with people doing bad Japanese accents. Um, and then there's a few, um, you know, you know, and some, and some Japanese characters, um, in the background, uh, pretty funny. It, I, I did, I, maybe my favorite part of it was the, uh, Ricky Gervais intro, um, where he's talking about, the, uh, you know, his, uh, creating the office. Um, but, uh, but I will go with the shooting overall, even though, uh, that's one that the first time I saw it. I, I didn't think that I was loving it. Um, it felt like it was getting old quick, but then um, to kind of touch on, you know, that type of attack uh, that Haskell was talking about with family guy, um, they just keep pushing through and doing it more and more and more um, until, uh, until it gets really funny. And then the ending, uh, you know, reading the letter and then the cops start shooting themselves and realize, and then it starts playing out after he's reading it. Um, I will go with, uh, I'll go with, um, the sisters. I, I'm going to go with uh, Japanese office. I, the only thing I love almost as much as SNL is the office. And uh, the, this was such a great uh, take on that. And I think Sudeikis and Wig, especially uh, they had done it before uh, portraying Pam and Jim. Uh, and then uh, even throwing in the Regis Philbin commercial uh, at, with Daryl Hammond. Um, so yeah, I, I go with the uh, Japanese office just slightly. I'm going to go with Dear Sister. Uh, Japanese Office is just a little one note in the wrong direction for me, where Dear Sister is one note in the right way for me. So, Dear Sister. And I'm also going to go with Dear Sister. And this might be a, a bit of a semantics sort of thing, but for me, when I remember the Japanese Office sketch, it doesn't stick out to me as a digital short, uh, you know, with the Lonely Island kind of behind it, uh, versus... Uh, you know, when you think of Dear Sister, that's like 100%. You know, when I think about it, just this pure SNL digital short um, kind of canon there. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, all right, next, we are going to uh, put together the, the two Dick in the Box sequels, uh, Mother Lover versus Three Way. Um, so, Bill, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, what's your pick? I'm going to go with Mother Lover, and I'll, I'll take the somewhat controversial take that it's a little bit better than Dick in a Box overall. Um, you've got a great Susan Sarandon and P Patricia Clarkson appearance, um, and you never would think that them doing this 
kind of one note thing with dick in a box would work a second time but i think they pulled it off so i will go with mother lover uh, i'm gonna go mother lover as well i just uh it's just slightly more um memorable for me thinking back going back and re doing this rewatch um i sort of remembered that one a little bit more so i'll go with that one uh i'm going with mother lover as well uh i i also kind of i think I, feel the same way as Bill, that that, uh, that it's maybe just uh, even a little bit, they found a way to improve on Dick in a Box um, when they came out with Mother Lover. I thought it was, it, it's just such a weird and gross and like freaky concept um, that, that's, that you can't stop thinking about um, as they're moving uh, through this music video um, and talking about wanting to jam their stuff in the hole that their friend came out of. Um, it's just so, it's just so strange to me. Um, and, uh, and I love both those. I love all three of them. Um, uh, three way was fantastic. Uh, and Lady Gaga is definitely pretty hot in it. Uh, but I will go with mother lover. It was just so weird and strange. And to me, it's, it's one of the, it's one of, it's one of the best digital shorts hands down. I know that it won the bracket, um, in, in the Vulture article. Um, I'm not quite sure that I would go that far, but I don't have a problem with it. If someone brought it up in conversation and said that that's the greatest one they'd ever seen, I'd say, yeah, you're right. It's pretty damn good. Um, I really, really love Mother Lover. Have to go with that one. Uh, yeah, and I'm with the panel on this one, Mother Lover. Uh, you know, when that one first aired, I remember watching it live and I'm like, oh my God, they they actually did it. They did a sequel to Dick in the Box and it was fantastic. And then I feel like the gap in time between Mother Lover and Three Way was like a lot shorter than the gap between Dick in the Box and Mother Lover to where like when we got Three Way, I'm like, oh, I, feel like, I feel like we just got this sort of a thing. And it could have just been the quality of the sketch as well, just like being a, a, a bit... Um, you know, subpar compared to those first two, but got to go with Mother Lover. I think we're going to do one more uh, just to, you know, bring up some sketches, uh, two more sketches that we, we haven't had a chance to talk about um, on this episode. And then we're going to wrap up into plugs. Uh, the two that we're going to be putting head to head, to head uh, through it on the ground versus Space Olympics. Um, so Haskell, I'm going to uh, go to you on this one. I'm going to go Space Olympics. Uh, it's a little bit weirder in my mind. Uh, again, when it comes to the songs, they're, they are really good. They are really kind of specifically Lonely Island. And I think Threw It on the Ground is just too far behind a lot of the truly great songs that we've seen from them for me to take it over something that's kind of, kind of bizarre and weird and has a kind of put together the week of feel as space olympics bill you want to jump in here yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with through it on the ground uh it was actually my runner-up to my uh best music song believe it or not so uh i think uh this is a great andy showcase again uh fighting the system as this beatnik and then uh, one of my favorite lines when he throws the phone and it's that ain't my dad that's a cell phone <laughs> And we get a Jenny Slate appearance. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking through it on the ground. Apparently, I don't Apparently, I don't need to say anything at all because Bill also, I had this as one of my top um, uh, musical shorts. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, 
And uh, and also my favorite line is uh, when she hands him the phone and says it's your dad, and he says no, it's not my dad. It's throws on the ground. Um, I thought this was uh, uh, just so good. Um, and, and Space Olympics was really interesting to me. I liked a lot of what Space Olympics had going on. It was definitely the weirder of the two. Um, and, and Space Olympics is one I thought a lot about. Um, throughout this process, I wondered uh, which category it might fit into because there was a lot I liked about it, but it was, um, it was, I, would, I don't know if I'd call it consistent all the way through. It was like splotches of really funny and then, and, and then just so, so weird and strange. Uh, but, but threw it on the ground. Um, to me, it, it was a top contender in, in many, in many categories. Uh, so I, I have to go with that one. Yeah, for me, this is tough. I, I made this last one tough for myself. Uh, on the one hand, Space Olympics, the the kind of runner at the end where, you know, that he goes, such and such is totally canceled. Like every like cut in the video to that makes me laugh a lot. But uh, I got to go with uh, through on the ground, um, you know, kind of just to echo what everyone said here. Um, just the video itself is just like a lot of fun um and the the song does get stuck in your head a little bit uh, as well but uh yeah that's uh that's all i got so we we did it guys uh we did our snl uh lonely island slash digital short special uh i, I do want to give you guys all the opportunity to to plug uh if you guys have anything going on so i'm going to go to uh andrew haynes uh where can the people find you well the people can always find me on twitter uh at the handle at snl has a cast um you know talking about uh snl stats uh, and snl in general um and uh and of course i'm, I'm always here on the show uh, pretty frequency uh pretty frequently and um and lucky uh to be so because uh, i really feel like we're building a, a pretty great um podcast here um and you can find me on twitter at snl has a cast and uh bill where can the people find you uh they can find me at bklove 73 um uh, same thing take get my hot takes on twitter and uh, Haskell, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, on Twitter, at Andrew E. Haskell. I've, I've really enjoyed kind of since uh, coming on board and, and being a guest on the podcast, uh, getting to know more and more, you know, SNL Twitter and, and everybody that comes along with that. So um, super excited to interact with everybody, talk some more SNL. And uh, Thank you guys for uh, letting me host this. Uh, John, thanks uh, for giving me the opportunity uh, again to steer the ship. Um, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is that Sammy K, as you can see right here. Uh, also expanding my media empire into TikToks. So I uh, have some funny stuff on there as well. If you want to check it out, same handle. Um, next week, uh, John will be back in the hosting chair to do another By the Numbers show. Uh, that'll be on Tuesday, March 16th, uh, with our stats guru, Mike Murray. Uh, he will be, they will be breaking down uh, all the fun analytics and numbers uh, on how the cast is doing uh, this season. Uh, and again, uh, I, I do want to plug our social media at SNL Stats. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Try to help us get our numbers up. Um, you know, our social media manager has joined the team and has a lot of fun content that she's going to be putting on those social channels. So please uh, follow us there. And like I said earlier in the video, uh, please make sure you're following us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us there, uh, anywhere you, you get your podcasts. And please 
Uh, give us a rating and review. It really helps us out. And please share any feedback you have on the show uh, with Sean or any of us on the panel. Um, but other than that, guys, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the show today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, please uh, tune in next week. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks a lot. But we're here for the numbers as well. So let's get statistical, so unpredictable here on SNL Stats.